We've got a letter here now from the chairman and ranking uh, member of the uh, House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. They are requesting from Sequoia Capital uh, in California some information here about Sequoia Capital's investments in sensitive technological areas in China. They're also asking questions about Sequoia Capital's decision to separate from its Chinese business. They want to understand exactly how that's going to happen. This is a detailed list of questions uh, from the committee. Uh, to the VC firm, uh, they are saying that it is their understanding that roughly 50% of Sequoia Capital China's limited partners are U.S.-based. They want to know uh, whether that is in fact true. They want information about Sequoia's investments in artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and semiconductor companies in the PRC. Uh, and they're citing here a list of questionable investment decisions uh, that they say that Sequoia has made in the past, including investments in Eversec, which the committee says is a Chinese company developing AI for the People's Liberation Army, uh, helping raise $700 million for Four Paradigm, a Chinese company building AI for PLA battlefield programs, and investments in DJI, a Chinese drone maker that facilitates, the committee says, the CCP's surveillance and genocide of Uyghur Muslims uh, in China. So uh, a detailed list of questions here from the committee for Sequoia Capital. We'll reach out to Sequoia and see what uh, they have to say about all this, guys. Back over to you. The Chinese Communist Party owns more American politicians than just Joe Biden, folks. Welcome to Whistleblower Wednesday here on the Rob Manus Show. We're live on the Red Voice Media Network out on Rumble and simulcast live on our X spaces uh, out there. And uh, we appreciate that audience. And real quick, Mike check, Kat. Copy allowed and clear, Colonel. Thank you very much, everybody, for coming today. This is a very important show. The fight over the Speaker of the House election has brought to light a lot of interesting things, but one of the most interesting is the uncovering of the ties of many of the congressmen holdouts against Jim Jordan to the Chinese Communist Party through organizations and massive funding for their political campaigns. Yeah, you got it. More than just Joe Biden is owned by the CCP and our government. This information, combined with the announcement by Congressman Mike Gallagher's Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party that they're investigating the now U.S.-based Sequoia Capital firm, once controlled from China, that invests in CCP military technology and artificial intelligence efforts, has put a much-needed, really bright spotlight on these congressmen and their activities. Well, Brian Costello. Uh, joins me today, and uh, he broke the story about the investigation on Steve Bannon's war room and has later put out all this information on these congressmen. He's an expert on Sequoia Capital's nefarious activities in American politics and its connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Brian, welcome back to The Rob Manus Show, man. Hey, Colonel. Thanks for, thanks for having me back. A little bit, uh, little bit more of a positive light now than it was the last time. But we'll, we'll see. we got some work to do, though. Yeah, I was uh, first. Let's let's take the uh, uh, the Congressman Gallagher's Select Committee's uh, investigation. Are you satisfied with uh, uh, with what they're going to look at based on their public announcements at this point? I mean, let, listen, it's a it's a it's a first step, right? I think you know Mike Gallagher's a good American, and I think there was bipartisan support to go after this. It probably happened a year and a half later than it should because of political pressure from the top that was no longer there. You saw, Gall I, I think you saw Gallagher go after this for two reasons. One, there was an announcement a week or two ago um, that Neil Shen from Sequoia was now going to expand globally with the firm in China. 
So it's kind mm -hmm. of the proverbial, we, you know, we let the monster out of the lab type thing. So be yeah. careful what you look for now. And I think the second thing was there wasn't a predicament of the leadership within the uh, house taking the donations from Sequoia to kind of hold it back. So I think those two things kind of open it up, you know, and you, and you could say, you know, we're, you know, a space, you know, well, we're, we're running up in uh, some kinetic confrontations that clearly the Chinese Communist Party is uh, supporting the other side, too. So that kind of, I think, puts the urgency there. It does. Uh, just for the audience's refreshment, uh, uh, Sequoia Capital today is known as an American investment, uh, capital investment firm, but that's not always been true, has it? Well, I think they would say they're a global investment firm. And they just, I think when they when they even split up, they maintain some of the, they maintain control of Europe and the other things. They just kind of split up China. And that, and that wasn't done for altruistic persons. That was a hand that was, you know, forced by the government. The government, uh, the National Security Council was aware of many things. And rather than prosecuting those things, they decided to warn Sequoia and develop a, a you know, plan B because of their political relationships. So, so yes, control yeah, company in China. Yeah, they had the way the way. So the way it works is is, you know, it's it's tough to unwind these things, right? Because so what venture capital firms do is they invest in companies, they take mm -hmm. ownership in those companies, and then they help those companies build. So they're really partners in building companies, right? So you can't just wave a wand and say the China affiliates named Hong Shan now not Sequoia anymore, and this is all separated, right? There are investments that come over. Don't you can't sell for five to ten years. Uh, you know, one of their big investments is, is TikTok, right? They didn't dilute their investment. So, so when they set up these satellite funds, uh, Rob, what they do is they use the name, so that helps raise capital because they're able to put the track record on there. So this was Sequoia Capital China. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they invest in the fund, typically from the parent fund, uh, the fund in the U.S., so they're an investor in the actual fund. They usually share a little bit of the profits from the fund, what they call the carried interest. So they get a little bit of the 20% profit that they actually share the partners in the, in, the, in the parent company. And then typically the investors in their fund, they offer the opportunity to invest in their China funds. So these things are very tightly minked. They were, you know, the, the, the story that China was an affiliate fund, it might've been set up roughly as an affiliate entity, but all the financial interests of the people who are in the U.S. were aligned. Um, yeah. And, and, and all you need to do is look at Michael Moritz, one of the big Democratic donors from Sequoia. He has a nonprofit called Frank Start, that where his China ownership is. And you can yep. see the massive China profits flowing it. So this is one of the partners that runs Sequoia, has massive China profits from the Sequoia Fund in China flowing into his nonprofit tax-free as they invest in weapons. But somehow it's not related. But he, yeah, he, it's he's, he, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's really nice when you become a billionaire and you don't have to take on any of the liability, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's puzzling that, uh, that it took so long for people like you and, uh, and other groups that I've worked with and Steve Bannon, and, uh, you know, Frank, and other I, friends I, to get the officials to do something, you know? I mean, this, but this is the big problem, right? You know, China has a little thing, which is, you know, wall street owns Washington and we own wall street. Right. And so what they've done is they've given the, you know, the ruling class in this country access to sweetheart investment deals in China, right? And they have a bunch of non-liquid funds there. And they've been writing the checks to the top of the party to make sure that we don't confront the crimes and level the playing field. And, and, and you know, we, we're, we're actually not doing the right things in terms of 
how we should be confronting this because, you know, why do, why do we, why do we pretend that, uh, why did China have to be of natural, why did COVID have to be of natural origin? Right? It's because the U.S. elite had investment opportunity and market access to China. It was all about the dollar. Yeah, I'm convinced that it was. it's much more than just our government people trying to cover something up or, uh, or cover for the Chinese uh, folks at the Wuhan lab. It's much bigger than that. And, and, and the, the almighty dollars behind every bit of that. Yeah, the, I mean, the media was in on it and everybody else, right? The media could have, could have, could have, could have, could have did it. But yeah, it's everybody, the elite, the elite who controls a lot of the assets has a huge financial interest in China. And that's yeah. what makes it very much different than the Cold War. Yeah, and it's also very much different. Uh, and I want to just have you hit the, the top level of this by asking this question from a political perspective uh, and fundraising and those kind of things for politicians. It's very different than the Cold War because uh, of this. So at the top level, describe Kevin McCarthy's role in this, the former Speaker of the House. So, yeah, so there's a couple. So, so McCarthy. There was a uh, when Nunes was running House Intelligence Committee, there was an investigation to open into this, you know, let's call it China influence bracket through the financial guys, mm -hmm. right? One of the one of the firms that popped up in this was Sequoia Capital, right? And it became very concerning because these guys were funding companies in very sensitive areas, right? Uh, artificial intelligence, autonomous technology, uh, electric, you know, areas that have military ramifications, um, uh, and they were also employing this guy, Neil Shen, as one of the partners of the firm at the very top echelon of Sequoia. So he was one of the partners running the whole global firm. And he also worked for the Chinese government. So we'd never seen this. Well, so Nunes and his team, many of the folks that were investigating Russia hoax were really looking into this, drilling into this. They issued a questionnaire. They didn't have the uh, gavel at the time, so they couldn't subpoena. And the only firm not to respond out of like 40 firms that they went to was Sequoia. But it actually did respond. It started responding with checks to the RNC, started responding to checks to Kevin McCarthy, to his Victory Fund and some of his other PACs. And all of a sudden, when Nunes stepped down, went to work for Truth Social, uh, he appointed Mike Turner to run that committee because it's a select committee. McCarthy did. The investigation was shut down, and the entire staff that was working on that was let go. Uh, and, 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 and those donations turned up. You know, yes, and, then, and then, and then, take it one step further. You know, Gallagher started looking into all the China stuff in his initial tranche of looking at venture firms and other folks. Sequoia wasn't in it. They were the biggest, the biggest violator, the biggest offender. There was a House Intelligence Committee that was gearing directly towards them. And you know, and this is one thing I hope now, uh, Robin, a little little news for your show. Uh, McCarthy's National Security Advisor was a guy named Alan Souza. He right. was brief. He was briefed multiple times on the Sequoia issue, the weapons, and employing those, but yet McCarthy still took the donation. So I hope the new speaker cleans house in terms of the team in the National Security Office and everything around the speaker. I really, really hope that that gets changed because there's a tremendous disservice been done to the American people here. Oh, I agree. You know, and uh, uh, since the last time you were on the show, uh, Brian, we have a live audience over in X Spaces. We do a simulcast, and I let a, I, I usually let one question get asked per segment. I want to go to that audience now and see if anybody's got a question for Brian. This is a very significant story 
that uh, needs to get the word out uh, uh, at the grassroots level, especially because I don't think it's it's getting out enough, even as much as you and Bannon and me and uh, other people have covered it. Uh, so, Kat, you got anybody with a hand up or a microphone that wants to ask a question of Mr. Casella? It doesn't look like they do yet, but I, I'll, I'll ask one. Since um, you guys are talking about the the tr the insider trading or the, the what you get that they'll take the donations from different places like that. Um, mm -hmm. I have a question. It might not be a little off topic, but my personal opinion is as oh sorry that was my other phone. Um, I am sick and tired of watching congressmen and senators enrich themselves while they sit up in D.C. making a salary of only anywhere between one seventy four to two seventy four a year. Um, and, you know, then you look at them 10 years down the road and they're worth 31 million. You're like, yeah, it's kind of funny how that worked out. So my question to you is, is as as an American citizen, I want them to not be able to in, insider trade. They say they don't do it. I believe they 100% do it. Um, I don't think they should be able to trade at all while they're in office. Do you ever see us being able to do something like that um, and act some kind of legislation like that? Because I don't think they're going to help us do it because, they're, I mean, they're busy enriching themselves. Um, it just, I have such a negative attitude about that. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. You know, we're, we're a couple hours into our new speaker. So, um, I mean, I know there was, uh, uh, you know, they should name the bill after Nancy Pelosi when she retires, right? I mean, that would be apropos. Um, I, I, I do, I do think that, you know, a lot of people realize now that we that the American people have a voice again and that voice is being consolidated and they're not going to be there for long. Like we've been able to pick off donations. We've been able to pick off quid pro quo in terms of what, what gets done and everything else. And I know that a lot of people have agita around that, right? You know, they're, they're controlling massive amounts of spending, putting things in budget and there's inside information in terms of how they could impact stocks and everything else. And it seems like, you know, uh, the congressional representatives are better traders than the best mutual fund and hedge fund managers. So there's, there's, there's something there. So yeah, I, I, I think at some point you will, you will see, you will see it addressed. Uh, yeah, but it's gonna be, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. And I just going back to the Sequoia stuff though, Rob, I want to, um, you, you asked about Gallagher's letters. So I, I think there's two things. So he's, he's specifically focused on one thing, right? You've been, you're breaking up, and you've been alleged to have been funding weapons. Like, I want to understand more about that, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's another part of this investigation which isn't being taken on right now that I hope the new speaker takes on, which is why did it take a bipartisan committee uh, two years when everybody in Congress has known this for years to stop this, right? Including the Department of Justice, the FBI, the SEC, the National Security Council, being in possession of a number of Tato 18 violations. So why was everybody covering up for this? Willfully blind, malfeasance, whatever you call it. I think that also needs to be investigated. Because there's oh, some people, there's a lot I, of agencies I, whose job it was to stop. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? I think a lot of it is uh, surrounds uh, the 20 or so Republican opposers to Jim Jordan, Brian, you know, and we'll talk about that and go in depth into that when we come back. And folks, when we come back, I'm going to play a little music, uh, but what you won't see on the Spaces audience is the pictures of each of the congressmen that opposed uh, Mr. Jordan and how they're, and they're the ones that are tied to China through Sequoia Capital, Kevin McCarthy's PACs, political action committees, and so forth. We'll be right back to the Rob Bainis Show live on Red Voice Media Network right after this message.
interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole, and that's contact my friends over at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar, volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465, or you can visit the website protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're talking with Brian Costello about Sequoia Capital, its ties to the Chinese Communist Party, and its ties through funding to the politicians in the United States Congress, especially. Just go, go ahead and sh- play clip two real quick before we start talking again. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. And that little clip was, uh, the music was obviously Richmond, north of Richmond, folks, but uh, the pictures that were being flashed up were were called Team Swamp, and they were all these congressmen, mostly Republicans, uh, whose faces were also matched up with the opposition to Jim Jordan for speaker, Brian. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I was surprised by a few of them, like John James uh, from Michigan uh, really surprised me. I was, I had no idea. I follow this stuff pretty close. You know, some of it, 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 I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but Gates was on uh, Bannon and War Room this morning, and he kind of laid out how uh, Mike Johnson got the job, and it's actually a pretty shocking story. And what it, what it appears is this whole time, McCarthy was working backdoor to even uh, 
backdoor Scalise and Emmer and some of his close allies, McHenry, uh, knowing they would never get the votes to get it, but was trying to delay the process so that he could work the whole time to say, hey, this has taken three weeks. This is ridiculous. The only one who can get this job is me and, and bring me back. So if you look at the back door of Jordan, you can you can see those are his closest allies, right? Because Jordan probably had a chance to get it. Um, and, and I don't know if you've heard the story, but Gates told the story this morning, which is um, uh, that he, uh, the only one to oppose, they wanted to do a poll last night about whether Johnson could get the votes, and the only one to poll it was McCarthy himself because he hadn't had time to figure out how to backdoor him yet, yeah. uh, which, is, which, is pretty, which is pretty shocking. Uh, and, and, and what pushed it over the top is Scalise and Emmer figured out that McCarthy was actually backdooring him, not helping him get the job, and that uh, that's when they just kind of eventually turned on him on, the, on this kind of vote. So I guess it's... Uh, you know, really politics here, I guess. So, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that's, that's hardball politics, you know, and uh, I, I suspected and, and had been pontificating about that a little bit during this whole process that McCarthy was trying to work a way to get it back to a vote on him. Uh, so that, that part doesn't surprise me. The part that surprised me is that Emmer couldn't swing it. Because I didn't think he would, he, I mean, he's an old establishment guy, appropriator. You know, he's a vote counter, he's the whip. Uh, and, and I didn't think in my mind, well, he won't put anything out at all unless he thinks he's got the votes, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just, it was very clear that, you know, the, the anti-MAGA, anti-Trump guy was not going to get through, that they believed that the base of the party was headed in that direction and that they needed someone that had a good, good relationship there. It was surprising to me that Gates actually vote for him, but when you kind of read between the lines what he did was he said hey i'm gonna vote for you you don't have the votes but you give me a commitment if you don't have the votes don't drag this on for three days because this is all about mccarthy buying time to promise everybody the thing or promise everybody everything in the world committee positions appropriations it's all about you know promising something to just to maintain power nothing about protecting the american people and what i did hear about jordan from inside folks was that when he would meet with people, he would take notes, he'd read over the notes to make sure he had everything right, but he had complete integrity in the process and wasn't promising anybody anything for votes. Yeah. So he was almost too, I think he was too honest to get it. And I think uh, um, Johnson was just kind of a surprise. Supposedly it was a freshman, it was a surprise that nobody had opposition to other than McCarthy. And when it was gonna be left that only McCarthy and McHenry were voting against them, that it, then it was game over. You know, and a lot yeah. of this, Rob, goes back to, you know, the meetings across the street and raising the money. And a lot of that money is coming from groups like Sequoia and their portfolio companies with substantial financial interest in China. Yeah, and when you look at these guys' financial records, the FEC reports, Federal Election Commission reporting, uh, uh, what I've found is what you uncovered, you know, you see the McCarthy Fund uh, transferring lot of money. I mean, it's not like $100,000 either. It's like half a million in, in a lot of cases to these particular people, uh, uh, which stands out. Yeah, and you see it. When you see the Sequoia donations come in from like Leone and his wife, they go mm -hmm. to the three different McCarthy packs, and then he gets to dole them up because what he's buying is he's basically buying, you know, nonfeasance or malfeasance, right? He's buying those people into office, and then they wouldn't dare cross them because them getting reelected depends on that money. So the so the good news is with Johnson now you have a, you know, 
God-loving constitutional lawyer who's going to be doling out the money too. So, so that yeah. that that people, you know, hopefully it will drive honesty throughout the. Uh, you know, Peter Drucker, the business historian, has a famous line, which is, uh, "Culture is the behavior of management." Mm-hmm. So when you have a culture that's about, you know, serving the donor and dealing the money out with that, that becomes the culture of the whole organization uh, and all the leaders. And I, and I I think we just changed the culture of the House of Representatives. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the House of Representatives is designed to be closest to us, the people, uh, but this funding mechanisms and the procedures and, and in this 30 years of passing CRs and omnibus bills and not going through regular order uh, has resulted in exactly right. You, you serve the donors and serve the big money and the big interests that have big money, but you no longer serve your constituents and the people. Uh, even Although you could say that those big donors are your constituents too, but this is about everybody, man. And when you're passing stuff that hurts the majority of your, of your constituents, uh, and you know they're opposed to it, and you do it anyway, that's a problem. And I think Mike Johnson, I've known Mike since before he ever ran for office, uh, and uh, he's a guy of high integrity. He's he's dedicated to the Constitution. He's dedicated to this word called liberty. Uh, he's dedicated to unborn babies' liberty. You know, he's, he's, he's fought in the trenches uh, before he became a politician uh, as an attorney, uh, fighting for uh, things like the pro-life cause and, and other things uh, about freedom and liberty. So, you know, and he, and, and, and he really believes it. I mean, he's not, he's a family man. He's got a great family. And uh, if you heard him talk about his dad, the fire chief uh, today, uh, I was, uh, you know, in a lot closer contact with him then when all that occurred, and and he really does speak the truth, you know. And I think he's going to just be honest with everybody. If he has to make a decision, you're not going to be happy with because he will. That he'll just he's just going to tell us. Yeah, leadership leader leadership positions can be lonely at times. You know, if if, if you watch, you know, you know, kudos to Matt Gates and them, you know, uh, forcing this based on McCarthy not following through on his commitment. I, I do think, you know, a lot of people said, are we, at a, are we any better off? And I can tell you right now, you know, Gallagher immediately launched an investigation into America's preeminent venture firm supporting building weapons in China. So just that alone, we were better off. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, just having no one in the office, we were better off than somebody sitting there protecting donors with financial interest in a foreign adversary who's building weapons to aim at our, you know, uh, uh, you know at our bravest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly you know, right. and, and, go ahead. And, and and we're and we're in some extremely important area. There there is some technology now that's going to define the future winner in terms of autonomous technology and what's happening in the automobile industry and artificial intelligence and uh, you know many of these areas are uh, you know space and things that are going on there. Like they, you know we're, we're in a we're in a critical time and we need to maintain our economic supremacy. And we need to do it on a somewhat level playing field. We can't have our own elite working against us, the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, and we've got to reinvigorate and reestablish our manufacturing base, uh, not just in, in hard manufacturing, like, you know, producing cars and everything, but in the uh, technology arena, you know, manufacturing these devices and, and establishing the programs, yeah. that kind of manufacturing that we have to, we have to reset that uh, on our land on our terms uh so we're not dependent on the chinese that's what makes this whole thing really scary man uh i know uh, i want to go over 
Go ahead. And I and I, I have a different. I've I've gone into it with Steve a little bit on this uh, off the camera. He won't let me on the camera on this yet. But I actually <laughs> believe artificial intelligence is a huge answer there, right? We don't have the expertise in terms of manufacturing, but we can mm -hmm. put machines in place that do have the expertise, uh, and you know, and some of the advances in robotics and things like that. So we could actually, if we do this right, we could actually bring our manufacturing back here and and and, and you know, create some wonderful mm -hmm. job, jobs as part of it. Uh, um, Absolutely. You know, so, so I think that could be, you know, there's certainly things we have to watch with artificial intelligence, like any new technology. There's some scary stuff with it, but I actually think that really could help us revitalize our manufacturing space. Yeah. And there's some advanced. Yeah. I, 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 I know where Steve's coming from a little bit. I watched Joe Allen on his show, you know, uh, Joe Bot, uh, XYZ, yeah. have had him on this show. I mean, there are major concerns, like Elon Musk has said, we really need to you know, slow this down a little bit uh, and really walk through the artificial intelligence production process uh, and look at what the outcome is going to be. Because there are some dangers there, but it's not to say that we shouldn't do it because we have 100%, been doing it. We don't, yeah, 100%. And we don't have a choice, right? Yeah. The Chinese are going to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. The Russians are going to uh, do it. So if we want to maintain our economic superiority, we need to do it. We just need to lead the world and do it in a, a secure way. And I believe there are are some ways to do that. That's that's kind of uh, kind of where I different. You know, when the internet first came out, there was a lot of not as kind of severe, but there were a lot of naysayers like, "Who's going to put their credit card on that thing?" Right? Uh, which 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 seem ludicrous now. So this this is where our strength is, and I think we uh, we're going to do a good job here. Yeah, I think and so too. We just got to got to do the right things, protect everybody. Yeah, yeah, because we know the capitalists will fund it in China if. if uh, if it's not done here, right? So. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, they'll be in everything of ours uh, at that point, even if they aren't now. Well, we got to take our next break, Brian. Uh, when yeah. we come back, uh, I want to talk about one particular congressman on that uh, slideshow, and his name rhymes with bacon. Oh, wait a minute. It may be bacon. I'm Rob Manus here at the Red Voice Media Network. We're live with Brian Costello talking about Sequoia Capital and the CCP's ownership of American politicians. We'll be right back. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected... That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over in. Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. file how are you sir oh good well i talked to you yesterday you did i, I don't know did we did we talk after the uh, speakers vote. so talk to me what's what's going on uh well, steve he doesn't doesn't have the votes not yet so speaker school or speaker doesn't please he's out meeting right now with all the folks who are saying there are no so we're just waiting 
Okay. Are you going to publicly call on him to release the J6 footage, which Kevin failed to do? If I do, I'll do a private. You'll do it private. You won't do it publicly. Got it? No, no, uh, you don't treat your friends that way. Well, I got some more questions about uh, the Chinese infiltration of the Republican Party. Do you happen to know about the Humpty Dumpty Institute? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bullshit. You don't buy it, huh? You think so, huh? Oh, yeah. I know these guys. You know these guys? Yeah. You know the Humpty Dumpty Institute? Are they your good, good friends? Yeah, How would you characterize they're them? They're good friends, but they're not, they're, they're not a Chinese thing. They're you don't just think they're? Stupid. You never heard of the Taiha Institute or the PLA? You know the PLA? The PLA uh, funds Taiha. And which funds Humpty Dumpty. It's, just a dumb, it's, a dumb, it's a dumb band. You think so, huh? Welcome back to the Rob Bainer Show. That uh, was Congressman Don Bacon of Nebraska there, retired Air Force Brigadier General, uh, and uh, somebody that I supported when he first ran for Congress because he, he worked in the same organization that I did uh, uh, for a couple of years. Uh, but uh, he's talking about the Humpty Dumpty organization uh, this reporter has uh, has got him on the street after a phone call. And uh, Humpty Dumpty is a nonprofit that's supported and tied to a Chinese Communist Party nonprofit institute in China. And Bacon is on the board of advisors. So was Gus Bilirakis, a congressman from Florida, and so was Andy Biggs. And guess what they did when that story broke about the Humpty Dumpty Institute? They resigned from that because they saw the ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And we're talking with Brian Costello today, who uh, has uh, put a lot of broken a lot of news on Sequoia Capital and their ties to Kevin McCarthy and all the funding uh, and how they buy weapons uh, uh, investments and artificial intelligence investments in China and have actually been controlled uh, by the Chinese Communist Party originally, in my mind. If, if you're a company that's tied at all to a Chinese company, you're controlled by the CCP, in my opinion. Now, they've split off, but they're still funding politicians, and Don Bacon is one of them. And he was adamantly opposed to any change, and that was right after the Scalise vote, after Scalise started looking like he was going to drop out, is when that the timing of that video, Brian. But, uh, but Bacon, I have to single him out because I supported him, uh, and uh, biggest mistake of my life. I regret it, and then I withdraw any endorsement of this guy. He's a he's a, a total uh, tool of the of the lobbyists and the defense industry, and, and completely uh, just way out in in the wrong field. Not even on the field when it came to this speaker vote, in my mind. Yeah, and and you you know we're we're he's in the second district in Nebraska or one of those districts, yeah. and I think there's an there's an Air Force base right next door, right? So you would think a good amount of people in the Air Force live in his district. Well, I was uh, vice commander of the wing that controls that base, and he was a group commander uh, at another location, but in that same organization, that's how I knew who he was. Yeah, and shame on him. Like, you know, he's on, I just looked, he's on the Armed Forces Committee, right? So yeah. he, you know, clearly it was no secret. We were on Fox, you were you were shouting from the rooftop, a whole bunch of people were shooting from the rooftop. Steve, uh, Frank Gaffney, like about Sequoia, uh, you know, everybody knew about it, right? It was, you yeah. know... Uh, Dan Sullivan said the quiet part out loud in 2021, uh, senator from Alaska in the Senate Armed Services meeting about why is everyone covering for Sequoia in both parties. So this guy knew that Sequoia Capital was his top donor. Uh, he knows about the Sequoia Capital and weapons. Shame on him if he doesn't, because he's you know an Air Force guy. He's on the Armed Services Company, and they funded DGI and the drone and four powered and the controlling drone swarms. Like 
So he's turning around thinking this is a good idea. I mean, it was on the cover of the London Times that Sequoia was funding military artificial intelligence in China. Right. And he thinks it's a good idea for this to become McCarthy's top donor. And then that money's flowing to him uh, yeah. through, you know, through through the uh, take the House back committee and some of the other vehicles. McCarthy has the money to uh, throw down. And then he and then he's standing up there waving his uh, waving his uh, patriotic flag. So, yeah, it was it was not a. You know, and then he has a question to, you know, then he has the audacity to question Jordan and anybody that supports another candidate, like former President Trump, as not being a good American. Like, really? You know, like, yeah, like, I mean, but supporting I mean, it, it, it's but over direct- a half a million dollars uh, that's flowed into his campaign coppers. Uh, and, you know, I used to say, well, he's in a, he's in a really, uh, it's not a real strong R district, you know, it's a weak R district. So I get it. I understand. Uh, trying to navigate the middle of the road. Uh, but I give him no quarter now, not after watching this performance, and then waving his his military service and rank as a defense uh, for a position that he knows, he has to know, uh, is uh, is not the best position, especially for the country from a defense perspective. Uh, it's incredible uh, that uh, people were like this. And then to be so obstinate uh, against any other candidate like Jim Jordan uh, just because what I, he never did explain why he was obstinate about it, other than he, he had to be supporting Kevin McCarthy because of the money flow. It's going to change his money flow, and you know who knows what he has, and uh, you know who knows what he has in bills for you know his cronies in the military-industrial complex. You know, uh, uh, you know, in the in the in these different bills. So it, it had to been for him to be so passionate about it and everything else. You know, who was where all his uh, where all his funds were coming from. You know, and who knows what he was being promised? Are you going to, you know, with money like that, he's probably promising. You know, you're going to be the head of the Armed Services Committee or something like that, where you, you know, mm-hmm. run. You know, I, I don't know where he stood in the ranking there, um, but there it had to have disrupted him somehow. Yeah, yeah, because he was very passionate about it, and uh, it, you know, uh, politicians don't get passionate about a lot, really, except getting reelected and the money to get them reelected, usually, or or more power uh, if they're into that that line of thinking and obviously uh, he made it clear that he is he's into that line of thinking and and uh his constituents don't like it they're they're already proposing primary candidates yeah well, i mean look at gallagher gallagher was on armed services and what did he do he used the time to he wasn't running out saying you need to not have jim jordan and have mccarthy he was out actually launching his investigation into sequoia yeah you know into mccarthy's one of mccarthy's top donors right uh you know, which, is, and, and, which is good. That's good news. A hundred percent. You know, people make mistakes in terms of donations they take all the time. This was not a mistake. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, was not but... a mistake. There were people within his organization briefed, and there were there was actions. And the biggest action was not shutting down the House Intel investigation. The biggest action was him not launching a full-scale investigation while multiple agencies in the Biden administration, the SEC, the FBI, the DOJ, the National Security Council, multiple agencies are actually meeting with Sequoia, breaking them up and warning them versus prosecuting crimes. That's amazing. That, that's just another indicator of how out of control the unelected parts of the United States government are, you know, when you add yeah. it to the FBI and the Department of Justice and all the craziness uh, that's been going on. Well, let's go over to the live audience. And I think somebody's got a mic over there, right, Kat? Yeah, I know it's going to be a shocker that it's going to be me with a question again. Oh, 
um, nobody else is brave enough to ask. So I'm going to ask. Um, I know, I feel, I know that as the Speaker of the House, they have a lot of political clout. That being said, this is a little off, off the top that your guys were talking about. But I'm wondering, as Speaker, can they use that political clout to start getting some movement and some kind of result with the J6 prisoners right now? And the reason why I ask that is I tweet about it kind of on the regular. We have 164 Americans that have been sitting in there pretty much without due process the entire time because they're utilizing the Patriot Act, as far as I know. Mm. I understand that there are some that absolutely probably should be there that did do destruction of property or whatever. They need to be prosecuted accordingly. But I also do think there are a lot that are sitting there that did not, that were just there whatever they entered the building i'm just asking like could the speaker utilize that position to put some more pressure to get up some movement on this this is over two years they've been sitting in jail cells just asking yeah i can i think most most thinking americans are where you're at you know people that broke stuff should be prosecuted uh and uh people that were protesting and happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, it's crazy what's going on with the uh, FBI and DOJ. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to Brian and let him take a stab at it if he wants to, but I, and then I'll throw my answer in. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, and then you think about the opportunity cost, right? We obviously had a, you know, how many intelligence resources were shifted to domestic terrorism because of this, that, you know, uh, and then maybe one of the biggest intelligence failures in Israel uh, in terms of, you know, being proactive, that might lead us, you, know, you think about the opportunity cost of like putting so much focus into, you know, what was largely other than, you know, one person killed and a knock, you know, I don't want to say innocuous, but um, listen, you have the power of the purse. You can do a lot, right? You can, yeah. you know, threaten the FBI headquarters, you know, and that was one of the big criticisms of uh, McCarthy. I know there's some stories out there that he was going to fully fund uh, CISA as part of the Homeland Security, which CISA was the one doing the censoring through the last election, right? And it's like, there's no ramifications whatsoever for an organization censoring to change an election in the in the, in the government. Um, yeah. So McCarthy wasn't willing to do that. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, um, I mean, he's a smart constitutional lawyer. So if there's a way to figure out how to do it, I'm sure he's going to figure out a way. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and, he, and he's the power, and he's going to be, and he's going to be a due process guy, right? I mean, no doubt about that. He is a two, he is a due process guy. So here, here's some things that I would just add into what Brian said about what the power of the speakership gives is, you know, these committees like weaponization, judiciary oversight that have kind of been toothless. You know, they made a lot of noise and created a lot of a lot of smoke, but not lit any fires as far as. Uh, like uh, actually taking action to go after people. Uh, well, the speaker has the power to reorient those committees and give them more power in order to actually take actions that need to be taken on on their in their different functions. So that's one way. Uh, uh, but the most important way is getting back to regular order on these 12 appropriations bills and a budget and removing the funding from any organization that is violating our citizens due process. And I think Speaker Johnson will, will be taking a very serious look at that considering his background and where he comes from, don't you, Brian? Oh, 100%, 100%, 100%. I mean, and we know it wasn't being looked at before. Uh, exactly. And, 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 we, and we, weren't, we weren't doing everything that, that we could. Uh, yeah. 
you know, and this is why the Constitution is what it is. There's a balance of powers to keep these things in check, right? Use those balance of powers. Yeah, and the funding's got to be used to to reduce the power of the unelected bureaucracy. Uh, I don't know how you think about it, but I call it a rogue government. I mean, it's a rogue federal government. Uh, these agencies that are almost all powerful, even more powerful than the Congress, that cuts the check to keep them funded uh, because of the way we've done this budget process. Uh, and the return to regular order will help Johnson uh, take a stab at that, I think. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, some people have gone as far as saying we're in a constitutional crisis. Yeah, we are. I believe yeah. we are. Well, we got to yeah. take our last break. Uh, when we come back, uh, I've got a little clip from Mike Gallagher about the CCP uh, and uh, where he's going with the committee, the select committee on the Communist Party of China, which is extremely important. I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back live with Brian Costello talking about Sequoia Capital and the CCP's hold on our American politicians and government. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. committee has operated in a profoundly bipartisan manner for the last year. I think our members are very serious, that they want to work across the aisle. And the mandate we've been given from former Speaker McCarthy and the minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, was to work in a bipartisan manner, not just to throw bombs at each other. That's not to say we agree on everything. We have principal disagreements, but we're trying to identify what is that center of gravity on which we can build a lasting China policy that will endure regardless of who's in the White House and then will ultimately be successful in the short term in preventing a war with China and successful in the long term in winning this technological and economic competition with China. Yep. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show here live on the Red Voice Media Network. And uh, we dare to bring you the facts and the truth, even though you may not like it. Uh, that's what this show especially is about. And our guest today is Brian Costello, uh, who has uh, broken many stories on Sequoia Capital. That was Congressman Mike Gallagher, the chairman of the Select Committee on the Communist Party of China that has opened up an investigation on Sequoia Capital because of its purchasing and investing in Chinese uh, military uh, hardware and software, those kinds of things, and artificial intelligence. 
efforts by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and on the backside of that, it donates millions of dollars to Republican office holders. We just talked about Congressman Don Bacon from Nebraska, too, uh, and how much money he has received through the various Kevin McCarthy PACs from Sequoia, uh, which really is funneled from uh, the Chinese Communist Party. It's a really direct tie. Uh, some people say it's indirect, Brian, and then this Humpty Dumpty Institute, and y'all can go Google that. It's a real thing. Uh, just makes it even worse if, the, if these guys are serving on the board of advisors for those guys and don't leave it in spite of the evidence, uh, the direct evidence that it's tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Gallagher would mention the center, you know, finding the right center of gravity uh, to build U.S. policy on, to deter China, so to prevent war from them, but also to win the, the tech, uh, you know, the, the, the tech competition. As a as a peer competitor nation in economics and manufacturing and those kind of things. So, what do you think? I wanted to ask you the reason why I showed that clip, Brian, is that you've been studying this a long time. Where do you think that center of gravity lies? I mean, it 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 it, it it's tough, right? I mean, we need a whole society approach, right? If you really want to support the men and women of our armed forces, right? Like, we need to stop. You need to realize, like, when you swipe TikTok or you buy clothes from Sheen, uh, one of these discounters, you're, you're putting U.S. dollars over into China and they're putting that into military weapons. I look at it and just say, China doesn't play by the same rules. They have no free speech. They have no underlying rule of law or an independent judicial system. They have uh, what's called, called the closed capital account where they, don't, they restrict the flow of, uh, you know, conversion of their money into other currencies. Uh, they have protectionist regulatory where you need, you know, you, you're just not going to get to open a, uh, they, they only let two types of companies into China. One where they need the innovation and they're going to steal it. Or two, if you have political clout and they need you to have market access so they can hold that over, head over political clout. So we're dealing with this. And I actually fundamentally think when you put these things in place, uh, the market's actually uninvestable. We've just hidden these things to make it look investable. Mm -hmm. You know, and that we can talk about when that started and everything else and, you know, how, how that happened. But, you know, and it, it, it doesn't seem to change. They're not going to change some of these things. It's like, how do you have free, how do you have transparent capital markets when you don't have free speech? You can't point out frauds of a company without the risk of setting, you know, upsetting the Chinese Communist Party. Exactly. Um, you, you can't have it, but we've we've kind of hidden that. And we tried to, you know, these congressmen, you know, I've been pretty upset with Kennedy on the Republican side. You know, he's going over there with Schumer and everything else, and he introduced this Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act. And they're trying to straw man you into believing that the issue with Chinese companies are that they don't give access to the uh, 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 accounting work paper. Right. Okay. That's an issue, but that's a secondary issue to these companies don't have corporate governance that represents the interest of their shareholders or their constituents. Mm -hmm. their, their, their board members represent the interest of the Communist Party by definition. So if there's a That's fraud right. within the company, they're not going to surface it for fear that they're going to upset the CCP. Yeah, so that's yeah exactly the issue. right. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's the cultural issue. It's not issue to accounting papers. And by strawmanning that out, they're trying to say everything's great and open the door for Chinese companies. Again. Yeah, it's obviously he 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 and his staff kind of 
kind of wove through the objections that groups like, I'm a member of the uh, Committee on the President Danger of China, chaired by, uh, uh, co-chaired by Frank Gaffney uh, and uh, Brian Kennedy. And, and one of our efforts is to remove the ability of Chinese companies to operate on our stock exchange without having to meet the same requirements that U.S. companies do. And one of those is being audited. Uh, so, you know, we had an effort on the financial side to, to get them delisted unless we force them to play by the same rules as American companies. So he's kind of he's kind of woven through that thread to try to find the path that's more palatable to both the politician uh, and maybe the the people if they're not paying attention. That's uh, that's disappointing to hear that, man. But but that is yeah. the truth. I mean, we let them play in our in our box, our sandbox here. Uh, but they don't have to play by the same rules that American companies do, and that puts the American companies uh, at a disadvantage. And, uh, and, oh, it's, uh, all the it's worse than they about. don't. It's worse than we don't let them play by the same set of rules. We actually let them create different rules and play yeah. by those. Uh, that, and one of those rules includes committing. There, nobody in China has ever been held accountable for committing fraud in a U.S. exchange. Not one yeah, person. And there's that, been billions and trillions stolen. From that standpoint, and 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 when they go home to China, they there's a parade hat. You know, they'll have a parade for them, right? They, you know, for stealing from 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 the Americans. And, yeah. and 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 there's an unintended consequence of this too, Rob, which is by not pointing out the crimes here, we're actually letting them create their own capital market with this phony credibility. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and so the the damage of that is astronomical. Much more far-reaching. Uh, the, it's much more far-reaching the damage from that than anything yeah, the else. Yeah, the, the, the numbers are huge. And if you hear like so, like after the DOJ and everybody possessed the, the allegations against Neil Shen, he mm-hmm. separated from Sequoia and then he went and raised nine billion dollars on his own. And it's like nine billion is a big number, but guess what? Yeah. The people who invested in that, they're expecting ninety to one hundred and eighty billion back. They don't invest in a non-liquid early stage companies in a risky market like China without a 10 to 20 times return. And that 90 to 180 billion will only own on average about 20% of companies. So when you let Shen raise $9 billion from U.S. investors, you're wiring U.S. investors into $2 trillion worth of Chinese companies. Wow. It's incredible. It's it's, It's a huge number. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's all to our detriment. We've got one one hand up over in the spaces. Let's give that fo- uh, that person the opportunity to ask a question. Uh, go ahead, Kat. I see the hand up, but I can't read the call sign. That's okay. Um, so, folks, go ahead. Hi, thanks. So this question was originally about a previous segment, but it segues fairly well here because there is a myriad of issues that it, that are currently facing the speaker, that the speaker is going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned, I don't know if it was earlier in the show or just prior to the show, that you are familiar with Mr. Johnson. Yeah. I would like you to look into your crystal ball and prognosticate for me if he would consider using the Holman rule to get some of these administrators, these bureaucrats, back into line. And and if so, if he would, who would he target, and maybe why? 
Okay. Well, I'll let Brian take a stab at it, give us his thoughts on it, and then I'll give you mine. I don't want you go. This is this is outside of my expertise on that, so I'm not even familiar with the home. So so I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna sit back and learn here. All right. All right. I the know when I'm out of my lane. The whole the Holman rule uh, uh, empowers the House of Representatives uh, and Congress to be able to uh, hold individual down to the individual level uh, government employees accountable. Uh, like uh, one of the NDAAs that was passed. Uh, reduce Secretary Austin's salary oh, to one dollar. Okay, uh, so uh, here's here's what I think. Uh, you know, Johnson is a constitutional conservative. He's a due process guy. Okay, and I think that he will serious and probably already has and is seriously considering letting the Judiciary Committee use the Holman Rule, the Weaponization, and the Oversight Committee use the Holman Rules for various reasons, like. Uh, on the on the Armed Services Committee to hold Austin accountable because he needs to be held accountable. He's he's outside of the law when he funds people to go across state lines to get abortions. Whether he's paying for the abortion or not, he's still outside of the law. That's the Hyde Amendment that's passed with every uh, spending bill. Okay, uh, and uh, I think that they're going to go after Mayorkas for that, uh, Secretary of Homeland uh, Security. Uh, because he's failing uh, on the illegal immigration policies and border security. Uh, he's an abject failure, and he lies about it to Congress. I think they should go after it with that. And I'm sure Johnson's team will be looking at him. Uh, the Department of Justice, if they are serious about uh, due process, uh, especially on the January 6th political prisoners and those in, and in the Trump uh, 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 charges and those kinds of things, they should. They will probably look at using it there, uh, and uh, that is the right way to use that to put pressure on the leadership individuals. But actually, you could go down to, you know, uh, to clerk so and so uh, that's a government civil service employee if they're not doing their job or they get caught doing uh, breaking the law and those kind of things, and, and put that in the bill too, using the Holman Rule the way I understand it. I know that didn't completely answer the question and brian we appreciate you coming on man i am out of time today uh i've had your uh your twitter up with bp costello uh on twitter on x all afternoon thank you so much sir keep up the great work we'll get you back on yeah. next time something breaks all right thank you colonel thank you have a good thank day you. we appreciate it well folks that's uh, it for today tomorrow is truth thursday we're going to do a a little bit of open mic with the X Spaces audience, and I've got Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project to come on and talk some more about uh, Speaker Johnson and also give us some updates on all the legal stuff that's going on with Trump uh, and the January 6th process and those kind of things. So until tomorrow, I'm Rob Manus. Tucker's still laughing. <laughs>